I'm Jim Cameron of Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing in Holly Hill, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, a program that delves into the latest in Volusia's governmental and political issues. Now, this show will include interviews with city and county as well as school board officials, members of our legislative and congressional delegations, and other members in the political community on a variety of topics. But everything will focus on matters that impact Volusia, directly or indirectly. And now for the news. First, a legislative update. The Florida House and Senate began budget conference meetings yesterday to draft a budget in the neighborhood of 113 to 114 billion dollars for fiscal year 2023-24. Now House Appropriations Chair Tom Leake will lead the House team along with at-large committee member Representative Stan McLean, Representative Chase Tremont will serve on the Health and Human Services Subcommittee. Senator Travis Hudson will help lead the Senate team and will also serve on the Higher Education Pre-K-12 Education Subcommittees. Senator Tom Wright will serve on the Transportation, Tourism, and Economic Development, as well as the Civil and Criminal Justice Subcommittees. As for specific bills, House Bill 5, Economic Development, would rename the Department of Economic Opportunity as the Department of Commerce, which would also include Visit Florida and eliminate Enterprise Florida. The House Appropriations Committee passed this bill plus another bill to eliminate the tax rebate program for film, TV, video games, etc., and a separate bill to increase the tax credits for brownfield cleanups providing incentives for businesses to rehabilitate contaminated properties. All three bills should go up for a House vote soon. Next, House Bill 1373, Law Enforcement Operations, specifies that a sheriff has exclusive policing jurisdiction in the, in the unincorporated areas and stipulates that their jurisdiction and authority covers the entire county regardless of incorporated cities or other independent districts or governmental entities in the county. It prohibits county council from maintaining, establishing a separate policing entity in unincorporated areas. House Bill 1373 is awaiting a House vote today. Next, 
the House approved House Bill 133, which is fees in lieu of security deposits, whereby landlords could collect monthly fees in lieu of upfront security deposits. The intent is to help renters get into apartments without hefty upfront cost. It stipulates that landlords would be able to offer this option of fees versus the deposits. For instance, renters could pay a $25 fee on a $1,500 a month lease. Thus, landlords could use the money to buy a type of insurance that would help pay for possible damages to the unit. A similar Senate version, Senate Bill 494, is set to go to the full Senate today. Moving on to the county. A few weeks ago, you heard me mention that Avello Airlines would provide non-stop flights from Daytona Beach to New Haven, Connecticut, starting June 22nd. Avello has just announced that as of June 23rd, they'll be providing nonstop flight to Delaware's Wilmington Airport, a short drive alternative to the Philadelphia International Airport. Flights will be Mondays and Fridays on a 189-seat Boeing 737 aircraft with an introductory one-way fares starting at $49. Now, a fellow Velo customers can always change or cancel their itineraries with no extra fees and other options include priority boarding, checked bags, and carry-on overhead bags. Avello is concentrating on routes to primarily underserved 43 destinations in 24 states. For more information, visit AvelloAir.com. And now from the cities. At its April 18th meeting, Port Orange Council members unanimously approved an agreement with the International Union of Police Associations to raise all police officer salaries by $1.95 an hour. This brings starting pay for an officer to $24. It also includes an option to offer a $5,000 bonus to anyone moving from another state to work for Port Orange Police with at least three years of law enforcement experience. The council also appointed Mayor Don Burnett to represent the city on the First Step Shelter Board. Next item, with Daytona Beach's increased population growth on the west side of the city, all six of Daytona's zones will need to be adjusted to make sure each commissioner represents an equal number of residents. Zones must be compact and equal distribution of population. The goal 
of reapportionment is to have close to 11 to 12,000 residents in each of the six zones. Now the 2020 census count for Daytona Beach was a little over 71,000 residents. But with more house and apartment complex construction on the west side of the city, commission zones have become somewhat unbalanced. And other factors to come into play are a major population gain in zone four and the racial makeup of zones. Stay tuned. Next item, the Lucia League of Cities will honor Daytona Beach Shores Mayor Nancy Miller as their elected official of the year. She was nominated by Ponce Inlet Mayor Lois Peritsky for her tireless work ethic and her dedication to the community and its visitors. The League will also honor Daytona Beach Planning Director Dennis Mrozak as their Employee of the Year in the Community Planning and Development category. Having been with the city for 14 years, he was nominated by City Manager Derek Fiacher. I'd like to congratulate Nancy and Dennis. Now both will receive their awards at the league's May 25th meeting at the Brannon Center in New Smyrna Beach. Next item, cities of DeBerry and Deltona got health alerts from the Volusia Health Department regarding harmful blue algae toxins found in Lake Monroe. Recent water samples showed the presence of these toxins in the center of the lake. Now everyone there is urged to take necessary precautions avoiding drinking tap water, swimming, wading, or using personal watercraft in the areas where there is a visible bloom. Anyone noticing an algae bloom should report it to the Florida Department of Environmental Protection, 855-305-3903, or go to them online. Next item, City of Deland's annual tree giveaway will be this Saturday, April 29th, 8 till 11 a.m. at the Public Service Complex 1102 South Garfield Avenue. Trees will be limited to Deland residents, three trees per resident. For more information, go to deland.org slash tree giveaway. Now from Congress. Senators Rick Scott and Elizabeth Warren are introducing legislation to replace the Federal Reserve's internal watchdog with one appointed by the President aiming to tighten bank supervision following the failures of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. They blamed 
the collapse of those two banks on regulatory failures at the U.S. Central Bank, which has operated up to now with an, an internal inspector general who reports to the federal board. Both Republicans and Democrats have pledged tighter oversight of banking regulators following the collapse of those two banks, which were followed by billions of dollars in losses in financial stocks. Now, House Financial Services Subcommittee is working on similar legislation. The cooperation between Senators Scott and Warren could be the start of a new bipartisan push on banking. Next, Senator Marco Rubio reintroduced Senate Bill 1158, the Health Savings Act to expand health savings accounts and flexible spending accounts to provide Americans opportunities to save for medical costs through tax-deductible contributions. He stated, tax-free health savings accounts and flexible spending accounts help drive down the cost, giving citizens additional options to cover out-of-pocket expenses. Next, Congressman Michael Waltz introduced the Coastal Communities Ocean Acidification Act to support coastal communities dealing with ocean acidification driven by human activities. House Bill 9346 would direct the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration to equip coastal communities with the resources to respond to the impacts of red tides and other hazards. Congressman Waltz stated, red tides and algae blooms are linked to an increase in carbon dioxide levels which threatens commercial shell fisheries that are essential to our economic growth and prosperity. Look for more details of this legislation in my newsletter. Next, the House unveiled its Limit, Save, and Grow Act, which would raise the government's borrowing limit until next year, avoiding a risky default on federal debts while cutting spending by several trillion dollars over a 10-year window. Now, the bill includes stricter work requirements for food stamps, but several House members were unhappy that the bill's proposed work requirements for Medicaid and other federal safety net programs were not as strict as they expected. Now, President Biden will likely wait to negotiate until Republicans pass this legislation in the House this week. And House Speaker McCarthy has a slim four-vote margin, and individual House members have considerable power to sway this legislation. Now, President Biden 
and Democrats want to raise the debt ceiling limit without any conditions. Stay tuned. And before we interview today's guest, I'd like to put in a word about Fountainhead. Jason Myers Headquarters Campus in Holly Hill for Synergy Billing. This facility is on the site of the old Holly Hill Middle School, 1200 Center Avenue, just north of LPGA Boulevard. Synergy Billing, a medical billing and coding company, is just one segment of Fountainhead, and there's more to come, so stay tuned. And now for today's guest. Port Orange Mayor Don Burnett became mayor of Port Orange in 2016. He was first elected to serve on the city council as District 2 representative in 2010. From there, he was vice mayor for two years before being elected mayor of the city. A Spruce Creek High School graduate, he later earned his MBA degree from University of Central Florida. In 2021, the Florida League of Cities recognized him with their Home Rule Hero Award. Now his term as mayor ends in 2024. Okay, we have our guest today, Fort Orange Mayor Don Burnett. Don, sure glad to have you with us today. Hey Jim, glad to be with you. Well good, I've been wanting to do this for quite some time and all though, I mean so Let's get on to our questions. City of Port Orange, you have a $48, $49 million or so general fund budget. And in the next few months, you're going to have to start the budgeting process over for the fiscal year 2023-24 budget. Mm -hmm. Any specific challenges that you see in the budget process? Well, I can tell you it's always budget season. Uh, as soon as one's done, it seems like you're starting on the next one. And every budget uh, takes on a little bit of a different character, a little bit of a different life of its own. And in the, the 13 or so that I've done with the city of Port Orange, it's always been true based on uh, priorities and the times that you're in. And certainly these are interesting times, as the Chinese proverb would, uh, would say. The biggest challenge we have right now is... Uh, the cost of everything is rising, you know, and insurance, insurance that we provide, insurance that we need to insurance the pro uh, insure the properties that we have, liability insurance, uh, all those things are rising, and you, we try to do the things we can to be efficient and keep the costs of such down, but uh, that that's a factor. Uh, automobile fuel. Uh, salaries and you, you, you can't pay people what you paid them five years ago. And particularly challenging right now uh, is police. Uh, we recently put in a $2 an hour raise for our police department. Uh, that was outside of a contract that was on top of what they already make because uh, of the need to be competitive. Uh, policing in general in the United States of America, the applicant pool because of uh, of the, the current events and whatever you want to call it in the United States, the bottom line is less people are uh, applying for those jobs and wanting to get into it. And we're having to do more things to attract them, pay bonuses and the like. 
but uh, the biggest solution to that to me was, hey, we got to keep the ones we have because every time we lose one, the ones we have, they do a fantastic job. We have one of the safest cities in Florida. And uh, to, to keep that high safety rating, you got to keep the people you have on the job. And we got to take care of them. So even before we can recruit others, because even when you recruit and hire police officers, the learning curve uh, is, is pretty severe and uh, uh, it'll be a while before they're fully functional on the road. So we got to keep and take care of the, the fine officers we have now. Other budget things that uh, are, will be a challenge as we move forward, of course, uh, transportation, uh, the road miles cost even more to pave and maintain. Uh, we get uh, actually get fewer uh, gas tax dollars as part of our share from the county is uh, some of our other uh, cities because of the uh, equity share and the way it was carved up years ago. Uh, based on population, lane miles, uh, building valuations, I don't know where that comes into play because cost to pave a lane mile is a cost to pave a lane mile. Uh, but uh, for example, we have almost twice the population of Ormond Beach, uh, and yet we get approximately the same amount of money. And those pots are not growing, partly for good reasons, because people's cars, they get better gas mileage. Uh, we do have some electric vehicles going on the road. So gas consumption is not necessarily growing at the same rate as automobile usage and the cost of maintaining those roads is going up so we have those challenges as well we'll be talking about all those things come budget and i think one of the great positives hopefully we'll close on riverwalk and uh, i'll talk about that a little bit more in the end but uh, that could have a very positive not necessarily in this year's budget but uh, on our future uh, have positive impact on uh, future budgets for the city of Port Orange, uh, not only in tax revenue, but in making all that CRA debt go away. Because we make a $250,000 payment out of our general fund and debt service. We've been doing that for almost 30 years and we make that go away, not to mention the money we can do with the proceeds of the sale to make the debt itself go away, then the tax revenue. All those things make for a good future, but the challenges right now are very real you don't get quality on the cheap. Uh, we certainly will always look for efficiencies and have and will continue to. And we have to. We have to make decisions. You know, what, what do we need right now and what, uh, what necessarily uh, do we not need right now? Uh, what makes this work better? Uh, we've been, uh, worked to improve and automate uh, community development for permitting. You know, we've got the growing pains associated with that, but getting that into the 21st century will improve service. Another way to improve efficiency. But yeah, this budget season will be as tough as any other that uh, we've seen. Uh, you, you ha to have quality, and we have a quality community in the city of Port Orange, you have to be willing to uh, pay for it. But at the same time, you have to balance that with uh, our, our, our citizens are, uh, and their ability to, 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 to make those payments on what they want. Well, appreciate that there. I mean, and I know Jerry McKinney's doing a fantastic job for you guys down there, though. Uh, at your recent meeting, the uh, the council appointed you to represent the city on the First Step Shelter Board. How do you see the homeless situation here in Volusia County? Anything as it relates to Port Orange in that matter? Well, certainly we all have our challenges. And one thing I'm concerned with is with the rising price of housing, 
do we put lower middle class people out on the street? It, the amount of money it costs to buy a house or even rent a house. And, you know, that's my day job, you know, getting, uh, I, I work in the housing industry. Uh, the average, the median home price has risen over a hundred thousand dollars in Volusia County just in two years. You know, you used to be able to buy a decent house, uh, for about $240,000 It's well over in the mid three hundreds now. Uh, and the cost of that, it, you know, and a lot of that has, has simple supply and demand. It's just basic economics. Uh, we have a lot of apartments coming online, which are good. A lot of them are luxury apartments. They're, so they're not cheap. Uh, I'm hoping that the flood of supply and apartments will force those people to uh, make those rents more respectable. But all of those things have an impact on homelessness. Uh, it you have to have a sufficient supply of housing that people can afford. Otherwise, we're going to see families become homeless. I'm looking forward to my service on, on First Step. I, I, I've watched it closely. I've actually been on the Salvation Army Advisory Board for over 20 years now. Uh, so I'm kind of uh, tuned in to, to the issue itself. Uh, Port Orange has had its own issues. And... This is not a Port Orange issue. This is not a Daytona Beach issue. It's not even a Volusia County issue. This is an American issue. This We are not dealing with something here that everybody across the country isn't dealing with. Everybody is on some level. Uh, and we have to tackle it, uh, tackle it seriously. First Step is a, a wonderful program. It's had successes. I, I look forward to looking for ways to expand that but we're also going to need to look at what other things we can do because first step shelter addresses uh, a, a, a certain segment of homelessness. Uh, what is the second step? And there are people that uh, go to first step shelter and don't qualify to get in. What do we do with those people? Uh, you can't put people with uh, drug problems and, and uh, addictions who need a different kind of help in a general population center. But a lot of our homeless have those kind of problems. So solving those problems, it might not be something we solve with first step, but Volusia County needs to find a way to better address that. Uh, Stuart Marchman has done a wonderful job, but uh, uh, nobody can tackle this problem alone. First step is a terrific element uh, it takes care of a segment of it, but uh, this is something that we're all nationally going to have to find a way to step up our game for. The legislature is going into its final two weeks of the session. Any specific issues that, that y'all were looking at in the legislature? Well, that's a great question. Uh, the... Uh, vacation rental bill, uh, you know, the, the, where people go in and rent their own homes uh, for vacation rentals is something that cities have been able to regulate for a long time. And it means different things to different areas. Like that's a big issue for Ponce Inlet. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's not as big an issue for us. Uh, it's a big issue uh, if you're on the beach side in Daytona Beach. It's a big, you know, it, it depends on where you're at. But all the same, uh, the loss of uh, the sovereign control of a community to, uh, uh, you know, 
cast their own fate and uh, and do their thing that's best for the people that live there is always of a concern. So that's one thing I'm watching. For as far as Port Orange is concerned, we have three infrastructure appropriations that made it into the House budget. Uh, we've also working to make sure that they're on a, the Senate side and that uh, when they come out of conference that they're in the final bill. And we've got almost $4 million in appropriations in those three infrastructure bills. Uh, you know, everything, you know, from uh, uh, public utilities to uh, flood control and things like that. So uh, we're very concerned uh, to make and watching that. And uh, we have uh, visited Tallahassee. I've been up there a couple of different weeks myself visiting with legislators. And I really, really appreciate their support for those uh, bills and for the city of Port Orange. I tell you what, our local legislative delegation as far as taking care of the, the local cities here for those types of appropriations has done a fantastic job of going up there and uh, uh, advocating for us and advocating for this area. We have a great delegation when it comes to things like that. Absolutely. I know uh, Sean Pittman's doing a great job for you guys up there. I saw him up there a few weeks ago though. And uh, just, I know you're chair of the elected officials roundtable transportation subcommittee. Anything you can share with us on that? That is in the very early stages. Uh, I reluctantly took that uh, chairmanship uh, because I, I'm afraid that that is an issue where we'll all get together and agree to disagree on so many different approaches. Transportation dollars come from many, many different sources, federal, state, local gas tax monies, things like that. And we've got a lot of transportation needs and uh, frankly, we're gonna grow whether we want to or not. We keep making babies and we keep making sunshine in Florida, so we're gonna grow. How we grow and how we control that growth is uh, the, the big question. So what do we do? Uh, Port Orange is actually growing much slower than seven other cities. We're in the middle of the pack. We're not growing near as fast as seven other cities in Volusia County. Uh, we've we had our period of high growth about uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. We've slowed that down. So now we're looking at ways to reinvent ourselves. You know, what does our riverside look like? Uh, those types of things. All those will factor into our transportation needs and questions. So I took that chairmanship on uh, because uh, as tough a job as that is, somebody's got to do it. Uh, right now, I'm working on getting uh, people and volunteers from different cities to uh, get together on that. And the next time that the, the uh, uh, committee meets together collectively, uh, we'll approve those names. And as soon as we have an approved subcommittee, we can start working on some of those things. The county has already given us a couple presentations. Uh, I, Williamson is a very high priority for me in my city, but uh, the, the transportation subcommittee has to look at things that uh, have larger regional impacts on multiple cities. Certainly Williamson and Port Orange uh, as a Southeast Volusia connector certainly does, but we'll take a look at all those things. Uh, transportation is not going to be an easy or quick fix. Some people have said, are you going to be looking at another half cent sales tax or another cent? Sale? We don't know. We haven't got, we've got to get together and assess our needs. One thing that uh, I think we did uh, 
horribly along the half cent sales tax that was on the ballot a couple of years ago is uh, we kind of put the cart before the horse. We were trying, it was almost like what they, in Congress, they call a Christmas tree bill, trying to put something on there that everybody would like for every city. And eventually you've got so many ornaments on the tree, the tree starts to tip over. And some of those ornaments don't have anything to do with Christmas. Uh, so we have to make sure that we take a strict bare bones approach to transportation. Some people are going to be happier with it than others. And that's just in the way it is when, you, when you're taking a, a large 10,000 foot view of things. Uh, but overall, it's going to impact everybody positively if we can improve uh, infrastructure in this county. It's only, we're only going to add people. We're not stopping uh, births and we're not stopping uh, the thousand people that are moving to Florida every day. That, uh, we can't help that. So let's figure it out and make sure that we can make the best of it. Uh, it. It always amazes me, you know, somebody says, yeah, I moved here five years ago in this subdivision. And they told me that, that the area next to me was never going to be built out. And that was when their subdivision was built. Uh, and the, their neighbors next to them heard the same thing. And nobody can ever tell me who they is. Who is they that said that? Uh, you know, I don't know. So what we need to do is con transportation is an element in all of this. And the things that you can do to shorten trips, give people what they need closer to their homes, uh, certain development is good and positive. It, if it turns a standard three mile trip to the grocery store into a half a mile trip, uh, those are fewer lane miles and that's fewer congestion. That, that's, uh, there are things that make sense. And then there are things that uh, don't make sense. So uh, those are the things that we have to look at judiciously and we'll work with that. Well, Don, we sure appreciate you joining us today and just can't thank you enough and want to wish you the best for the in the coming months though with City of Port Orange. Appreciate it, Jim. We've got a lot to look forward to. Uh, we've got a terrific city. I, I'm proud that it has been listed as uh, among the top 20 safest cities several years in a, in a row. We've got a commitment to that and uh, look forward to doing what we can uh, to impact the general uh, scope of things to uh, help everybody. You know, I'm the mayor of the city of Port Orange, but I'm big on collaboration and we're all about helping our neighbors because it would, they say the rising tide lifts all boats. It's about all of us. It really is. And Jim, I appreciate what you do. Thank you so much, Don. Tell Anita hello. I'll do that. Take care. Thanks, Jim. And again, I'd like to thank today's guest, Port Orange Mayor Don Burnett, for joining us. And I will continue to announce that the U.S. debt stands at $31.6 trillion dollars and it's growing by the minute. Now look for a new podcast episode to be released next week. The views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter, which is emailed each month. And if you're not receiving it, call me at 566 2140, and if I miss your call and not return it in eight business hours, I'll pay you $1,000.
and listen for my seven-minute legislative recap broadcast this Friday, April 28th, where I'll focus on House and Senate bills. And before I close, this past Saturday, Ormond Beach, Daytona Beach, and Holly Hill Police Departments, as well as the Volusia County Sheriff's Office, worked to maintain safety with a possible demonstration by the National Socialist Party protesting law enforcement authority of Sheriff Mike Chitwood. Chitwood has stood against this group's anti-Semitic mantra. And I'd like to thank these departments as well as our own Mike Chitwood. This is Jim Cameron signing off, saying peace, love, and roll tide.